Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Don't at me. I am Dan Dockett. You know the song. The freaks come out at night. What, what, what? The freaks come out at night. You know the story about Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson and John Morant. Those two guys are going to be in the news for a long time. Zion Williamson's got the baby mama drama. John Morant, we're waiting to see. A lot of people are thinking he is going to get, at minimum, a 30-game suspension. But the one that's captured my heart, the one that I think is just unfreaking believable is Zion Williamson. Now, remember, Zion Williamson, he of the baby mama drama. But I'm going to tell you what Andrew Bogut said here in a minute. So Zion Williamson's got a reveal party where he reveals he's having a daughter with his, quote, girlfriend. Yet the side piece, some stripper slash hooker, some OnlyFans gal, she ain't happy about it. In fact, she's so damn mad. She's a porn star named Mariah Mills. But here's the deal. It gets even better. It gets even more drama-laced. Mariah Mills isn't messing around. She's putting all kind of stuff out on Twitter. All kind of stuff. You can see it right here from at Litz Hits Grounds. You can read all of the trash. Now, you got to understand something about me. I am all about People Magazine. I am all about stars. I've told you before, went to California. And what did I do? I tried to find Leah Thompson of all the right moves. That's who I am. I love star stuff. So let's show the auto cartel first tweet about, well, ladies and gentlemen, the downfall of Sir Zion Williamson. And I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. Look at you putting my life in danger, blanking all these hoes raw. I let you blank me so many times. This is what you do to me, hood rat. Yeah, all right. But here's the deal. It gets even better. We can keep playing, showing the tweets if you don't mind. We can keep showing them. Because, listen to this, Andrew Bogut, 16-year NBA vet, Andrew Bogut is like, hey, all right, let me tell you something. This is common. He flew her out, got her courtside seats, knowing, knowing, Zion, you had a baby on the way. And by laying around, sleeping comfortably, knowing you have mm -hmm, pregnant, disgusting. The whole thing is disgusting, but I like it. Hey, somebody going to get paid. Somebody going to get paid, and I'm going to tell you how they do it here coming up here in a minute. Let's show all the drama. Let's go to the next one. Roll tape on the next one because I, I love it. I do. I'm sorry. This stuff is unbelievable because young athletes are so stupid. So when they talk, I go, shut up. I know we're not supposed to say shut up and dribble, but if you're this freaking stupid. So Andrew Bogut, he of the 16-year NBA career, listen to this. This is what women do. All right. He's like, look, this is common. This is common. Women are on the payroll as side pieces. Yeah, the side piece is alive and well in the NBA. Listen to this. So a guy has sex. So a dude has sex with a woman. The woman will go as far as this. Go get the used condom when the dude falls asleep. Take it and put it out the door where another woman will come get it. 
They will take the semen from inside and try to impregnate themselves. Yes, this is what is going on. I could sign a billion-dollar contract, never play because I ate too effing much, got fat, but I still could bang porn stars and strippers, and my fans will still idolize me. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the Zion Williams story. My basketball skills, billion-dollar contract, never play because I eat too much and I'm too fat. I eat too much and I'm too fat. That's what the real problem is with Zion Williams. He got money to pay off all these different folk. But I can still bang porn stars, strippers, and my fans will still idolize me. Look, you got to understand, this is expected behavior in the world of NBA basketball, at least according to Andrew Bogut. Now, I want you to think about what I just said. The money is so deep. The money is so big. The money is so freaking real that guess what? We're going to go take a used condom out of a bin. It's right here in this article. Andrew Bogut, Zion Williamson drama is commonplace. Now I want you to think about rational people, rational people in this world. Uh, All right. I guess if you want to get pregnant and you want a life because you want to get a baby mama drama, then there you go. If the Pelicans would consider trading Zion Williamson, if it meant They could draft Scoot Henderson. Now, I don't know what a Scoot Henderson is. Who knows? I know Zion Williamson's a hell of a basketball player, but he's fat and shows no signs of not getting fat. But listen to this. If you think this is a one-off in the NBA, you're wrong. You're very, very wrong, Bogut said. Common occurrence on many teams. Common occurrence amongst the league where there are different relationships and now and how they have their relationships. Some partners know about the side piece. Some don't. But this, this is not, this is not something you need to be shocked about because it happens a lot. There's girls I know for a fact that are on players' payroll as the side piece. Unfortunately, the stupidity of that is that the tap cannot be turned off. You don't play forever. You don't have a contract forever. So guess what? That spigot goes off, that 20 grand a month that, you know, little Sally Hooker girl is making eventually goes off. So what does little Sally Hooker girl do? Little Sally Hooker girl, you know, Susie Rottencrotch, little Susie Rottencrotch decides, well, I'm mad now. I'm going to go tell the wife. I'm going to go tell the wife. All right. Once you're paying a girl or man, this could go either way. You're paying a side piece to be a side piece. The moment you stop paying that side piece, Andrew Bogan said, your wife's going to find out about it, bro. That's just the way the world works. So the moment you're like, holy crap, I've retired. I can't keep paying you 20 grand a month to be my side piece because I can't afford it. I love the word side piece. I do. I think it's great. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't afford anymore. That's going to go public. That's the reality of the world. I saw it mainly in silence in the NBA. I had some people that I played with and against that were paying people off and whatnot. It's normal, bro. I have to say it's normal. At the rookie transition program, listen to this. They were telling there was a group of girls at one point before I got in the league that would take the condom when the guy was finished and take it. Wherever it was, out of the bin, wherever. Drop it outside the door to another girl and then try to get impregnated that way. Not the best way to get impregnant, Bogut says, but there were scenes like this. There were cases, you know, where females said they had been violently abused in a room. And then there was elevator footage of them punching themselves. So there's schemes to get these players to knock them up to get money. I'm not saying it's always the player's fault. It takes two to tango. But the fact the media loves this stuff, I hate it. It's disgusting. But if you're Zion, you got to be smarter. 
I'm telling you. So remember back the idea of you always got to believe every woman? No, you don't. No. No. Oh, here's the anti-Zion right here. I guess we move forward. I don't care. I'm just, I just love this. It's a great story. Okay, let's move it forward. The leadership of Nicole Jokic, selfish servant leader for his teammates. I just want to play hard. I just want to give 100% to help my teammates, to help my team win the game. That's the only goal on the court. All right. Good for you. Good for you. Now, look, I don't think that LeBron and Draymond need to learn from this. I do think John Morant needs to learn from this. Speaking of John Moran, his decision will come down. Listen to this. Over $33 million at stake. That's just one year's salary. So people are saying, well, you know, John Morant's going to get suspended for a year. And they're like, oh, well, okay. No, it's $33 million. What do you have to do? Think about this in life. What do you have to do in life to get fined $33 million? Now, think about it. I think Jordan Belfour, remember Jordan Belfour, the Wolf of Wall Street? I think he got fined like $10 million. $33 million fine is like a life sentence. That's like OJ to the Goldman money. But in this case, you got to have to pay it because they ain't going to let you play. Now, think about that for a second. John Morant in May, if he's suspended for a year without pay, that's over $33 million. Again, go to the court of law. Look, I get it Morant was an idiot. I get it Morant continues to be an idiot. I get it we want people to start, you know, I guess, helping John Morant. We want John Morant to be all right. But the truth of the matter is $33 million, is that what two splashing of guns should cost a guy? I don't know about that. Look, even $15 million for half a year. If I am the NBA, I'm not suspending him for, for a year. What I am doing is I am putting out a set of steps that he has to complete with a professional. That's what I'm doing. I'm saying, look, these are the steps, but I don't have the backstory. Make no mistake, I do not have the backstory. You got the NBA has the backstory. I don't. So the truth of the matter is, once they get everything, I'm saying, Morant, here's what you're going to have to do by the time we get to camp or else we are suspending you. These are the steps. Period. That's it. I don't want to hear any more. These are the steps. Period. And then once you complete these steps, we're going to be in business. We'll we'll decide. But I got to tell you, $33 million fine? I don't know. Here's Jokic. If you want to be successful, you need to be bad. Then you need to be good. Then when you're good, you need to fail. Then when you fail, you're going to figure it out. There is no shortcuts. It's a journey. I've said this for years. Give me the team. Give me the guy that had, I call it coming through, that failed and came throughout the other side, and I'm all in on him. I am. I'm all in on him. Jokic was fat. Jokic was the 42nd pick. Hell, when Jokic was drafted, remember this, they went to a Taco Bell commercial. They went to a Taco Bell commercial and did not even show his draft pick. Nick Stauskas, Jabari Parker, uh, Dante Exum are just three names that were picked ahead of him. And that's a big deal to players. Like, you may not think that's a big deal. That's a huge deal to players. Maybe not the Serbian players or maybe not the African players or Australian players because they're not as in tune to the, quote, brand of being a first pick in the draft. All right, fine. But, but they are, ladies and gentlemen, 
uh, in tune to the money that comes with being a first-round pick. All right? So, anyway, that's just the way the world works. And unfortunately, in the world that we live in, uh, guys see the money, and now we want that. There's a guy named Jalen Green doing a commercial, a national commercial. He barely speak. Like, who the hell is Jalen Green? I don't know. Uh, Tracy McGrady started this. You used to have to do this. You used to have to. You used to. I'm not saying, you know, you used to have to win something or be something before you could get to the level of getting a national commercial. Now some dude named Jalen Green has a commercial. All right. And they got to say his name like 15 times or else you wouldn't know it's Jalen Green. Freaking awesome. All right, you know we got politics. Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow, like Donald Trump could cure cancer, solve COVID, win her $8 bazillion in, the, in some kind of deal, give her in a high-rise apartment in, I don't know, Manhattan or in his place in downtown Chicago, and Rachel Maddow, Maddow will still bitch about Donald Trump and say stupid things. And because she looks like that, because she checks all the boxes, boom, 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 she can say whatever the hell it is that she wants. I got two words for Rachel Maddow. My ass. My ass. They don't knowingly broadcast untrue things. That's what they do. Look, you go down as a writer. You sit down. You write untrue things or slanted things. You do. My man Greg Doyle said he and I were, 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 were bonding over him talking about an affair he had 20 years ago. No, we were talking about an affair he was in the middle of with a girl that was dumping him, knowingly writing untrue things. Knowingly broadcasting untrue things is what people do. Let's hear from Maddow. She's giving me gas. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live. Um, as we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast untrue things. We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations, no matter who says them. And I do not say this with any glee. I hope it is clear that this is not a glib decision. We take our responsibilities seriously. We revisit decisions like this all the time. We make the best call that we can in real time, every time. But tonight, our call is this. We will monitor that speech by the newly indicted former president. We will not carry his... I don't need to see any more of that. He's trying to turn this in... He's trying to turn it into a spectacle, into a campaign ad. That's enough of that. Yeah, they're all full of crap. I mean, they're all full of crap. They are all full of crap. They can't. Donald Trump could literally, with Jake Tapper, whatever the hell his name is, Dick Tapper. Dick Tapper was true story. My guy, I'm not my gynecologist. Dick Tapper was a guy that gave me my vasectomy. Richard Tapper, look it up, Doctor Richard Tapper. Anyway, long story short, these people are full of shit. That's all they do. All they do is lie. All they do is slant. Donald Trump has them so mad that they can't see straight. Donald Trump could literally give that guy Tapper $10 million, could give that lady Maddow $10 million. They would take it because they're dirtbags. Give them a place, a penthouse place, put them in investment deals, and they would still want it. It doesn't matter. These people are full of crap, and I don't like it. I got a couple tweets on this. Let's show a couple tweets. Elon Musk. Elon Musk chimes in on this. Good for Elon Musk. Let's show Musk and his tweet. What are we doing here, Musk? Mad out. Yeah, you just laugh. Seriously, you just 
laugh at this. Like, you don't take it serious when they say this. You just laugh. L-M-A-O-O-O. It's, it's the world we live in. I can say I got hair and, uh, you know, if I'm on the right side. The beauty is this. Bobby Barak wrote a great article about how it's okay now to come out of the closet and criticize these idiots. Rachel Maddow, a woman, uh, I think a lesbian, uh, you can't criticize her, right? She's on the right side. You'll be crushed as a biggest. Screw that. A liar is a liar is a liar. Let's hear, uh, let's hear from Liz Crokin. Let's hear from Lizzie. Lizzie Borden had an axe, gave her mother 40 wax, went, all right, fake tapper. Oh, that's Donald Trump, my bad. Uh, Just demanded that his broadcast be closed down from Miami because there was far too much enthusiasm on the streets for Trump. The good news is he was the only one to do so. Perhaps a good explanation as to why CNN ratings are too low. Yeah, there you go. Seriously. I mean, why are we shutting down the president? The biggest news of the day that they made all their money on was what? It was the guy, Donald Trump. And now, because they don't like it, we're going to shut it down. All right. All right. Jeff Wong says, Dick Tapper over on the northwest side. I'm pretty sure I saw him too. No, Toledo. So we got all this going on. Why can't we just, everybody in the media should use the outkick model. The outkick model is let's just play it to you straight. That's it. We don't need anything else. Let's just give it to you straight. Remember we talked about baby Gronk? Remember we spoke on baby Gronk and his dad? I told you this. Like, look, poor baby Gronk. Good for him if he makes a million dollars, and he probably will. He probably will. But baby Gronk's dad continues to be a dumbass. But I got to tell you, we're talking about him. Are we not? I think we're talking about him. I'm talking about him. Are you talking about him? Baby Gronk's dad is a clout chaser. Now, if he makes his million dollars, I will bet anybody in here that that money is gone before it even sees the light of day. Here's this idiot dad still talking. I give him credit, though. He's got people talking. Are you him is the real question. Yes. See, I'm going to punch him in. Punch Ask him that in. again, bro. Say Man, what kind of question is that? You see my Instagram. Say that. Ready? Right, hey, baby Grom, are you him? What kind of question is that? Look at my Instagram. Would you take her to prom someday? <laughs> hey, no, say it again, bro. You got to say, uh, say, man, uh, I, already DM, I already DM'd her and asked her, and she said yes. All right, <laughs> All right come on, man. Say on the mic. Hey, baby Grom, would you take Livy Dunn to prom, you think? I already DM'd her, and she said yes. Damn. Damn. What kind of tuxedo you getting? OG James Bond style or what? Yeah. Nah, hey, say it again, bro. Hey, what kind hey, of tuxedo you getting? I'm going to get a Gucci one. Ready? <laughs> hey, what kind of tuxedo you getting? I'm going to get a Gucci one. What are you going to do, you know, to, to stay sharp and keep your skills up if you're actually not going to go through with middle school and high school? Just work out. No. I'm gonna get massages. I'm gonna get uh, body full body massages by some baddies. All right, ready? Go. Right. I'm good. You want to ask it again, bro? Yeah, yeah. All right, go. I saw that you're foregoing middle school and high school football. How are you gonna keep preparing yourself to play college football in this whole process? I'm gonna get body massages by baddies. Anything you want to say before we dip out, baby Gronk? I'm the number one fourth grade football player in the world in flex, and that's it. Ready? Stand right there. Can you say it one more time. Yeah. Hey, baby, go on. Before I wrap up, bring the juice. Anything you want to say to bring the juice nation today? I'm the number one fourth grader in the world. 
There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. We shouldn't have even shown that. The two idiots that are interviewing, man, you know, you good baby grunk, man, before we dip out. Guys, speak. That was four idiots. Nah, not the little kid. The little kid is like, yeah, okay, he's not. There's three idiots there. The dad, man, you know, we're going to dip out. Shut up. I'm tired of it. Just shut up. I mean, I'm sorry. I apologize for showing that. We are officially done with baby Gronk and his idiot dad and the idiots that are stupid enough to interview him. That's it. Look at this This kid. I feel bad for this kid. Yes, okay. Uh, And his dad is just about five foot two and good for him. I, I just feel bad for this kid. I just, I'm sorry. I feel bad for this kid. All right, let's move along. Taylor Swift, ladies and gentlemen, it used to be Oprah. Yeah, it used to be Oprah. You know it used to be Oprah. You know it used to be Pra, but now it is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift rules the world. Oprah used to rule the world. Everybody used to think that Oprah, until we saw what she's really about, which is cavorting with pedophiles and allowing all kind of crazy stuff in her school in Africa. Taylor Swift rules the world, people. Taylor Swift does. Let's go to this tweet. She forced the Reds to change a game time. Look at this. The Reds are moving their June 30th game time to accommodate for that night's Taylor Swift show at Paycor Stadium. The Reds know. In the, I want to talk about the Reds with Danny Plezak. I do. I'm going to talk about the Reds because, truthfully, the Reds are fun. Like, I'm going to go to Reds games now. It's only like an hour and a half, two hours away because the Reds are fun to watch. But they ain't no Taylor Swift, baby. Now, let's be honest. If you could go to one out of 82 or whatever it is, 81 Reds games, or you can go to a Taylor Swift show, which one are you going to? I got to tell you, I'd go to Taylor Swift. I don't understand this. You guys are going to have to explain this to me. I don't. When did Taylor Swift then take this next level? When did Taylor Swift jump up and go, you know what? You know what? I'm jumping. I'm getting it up there. I'm not messing around. I'm becoming more than I have. She's always been great. You know, to me, she's always been fine. No problem. No big deal. Everything's good. No problem. Okay. But now she's like at a next level. Now she's like insane with this stuff. She's like tickets are eight bazillion dollars. She's like, we got to go. And I don't understand it. What made her all of a sudden jump up? I'll tell you. All the uproar over the price of her tickets. Remember in New York City? Hell, even Ted Cruz was talking about it. And once you get that kind of stuff going on, boom, you take off. There's a scene in Wolf and Wall Street where the New Yorker magazine rips, rips Jordan Belfort. If you can't tell, I watched Wolf of Wall Street uh, a couple days ago. And all of a sudden, he thinks it's horrible. He thinks it's awful. No, all of a sudden, his lobby is filled with guys that want to work for him. Well, Taylor Swift, ticket prices are terrible. Ticket prices are awful. All of a sudden, everybody and their mother wants to see Taylor Swift. She's been around for a while. She's been around for a while. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, she has bumped it up big time. And I ain't mad about it. I'm not. So she runs the world. Oprah, ah, the whole Jeffrey whatever Epstein thing and the whole sex abuse at her place and her hanging with the Clintons and all that stuff. Oprah, <laughs> I wonder what's really going on with Pra. 
She don't rule the world no more. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. I got to Hey, guys, I want to put this in before we go. There is a professor, a professor of at Penn State, a professor at Penn State that's having sex with his dog. Penn State professor arrested performing sex acts on his pet dog. Tells investigators, he doesn't deny it. He tells it to blow off steam. Huh? Who wakes up in the morning and says, you know, Lula, you looking pretty good, baby. Yeah, you are. Come on, baby. Come here, baby. I'm stressed. Instead of going for a nice run, maybe a swim, I'm going to blow off steam by banging the family dog. Who bangs the family mutt? Who bangs the sheep in the backyard? Who bangs the chicken? I'll tell you who. Professors and media guys. No question about it. That's question number one that I have. Question number two, you ready for it? Who wakes up in the morning and says, I got to put my fake vajayjay on. I got to put my fake rack on, my wig, my makeup, and go dance in front of kindergartners. What kind of man does that? We got a sick world. We got a sick world, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm here for all of it. I'm not going to lie to you. I am. Look, the sicker, the better, as long as you don't affect other people. You want to bang all over some freaking uh, dog? Good for you. You want to have sex with the family sheep? God bless you. You want to go out back and see the gerbil and stick it up your backside, Richard Gearstown? God bless you. But the sick freaking people that wake up and go, I got to put my rack on. I'm going to put my makeup, my hair, and of course, uh, my fake vajayjay. Right, poor dog. And go twerk in front of kids. Think about that for just, and we are Penn State. What is it about Penn State? Seriously, I mean, look, I know, ladies and gentlemen, you know that Penn State and the Sandusky thing is one of the saddest chapters in the history of any university football program, community, whatever you want. But what is it about Penn State? Oh, that's rough. I got a headache. I got a headache. Hey, a white store. I remember this story. A white store manager who ran a Philadelphia Starbucks and did not allow two black men, they were refused access to the bathroom. She got fired for that. These dudes weren't customers. It says you got to be a customer. She's like, no, I'm not giving you the code because you're not a customer. It happens everywhere. Like a guy that has my pee ability, I got to pee every block. And when you're walking in a major city, Philadelphia, Chicago, they don't let you pee. So this lady gets fired because she was white. And guess what? She won $25.6 million. I should send this to ESPN. I should send this to Radio 1, although I didn't get fired. Think about that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. $25.6 million because she was a scapegoat because guess what? Starbucks wanted to get so woke, so incredibly woke. We got to get woke. We got to make damn sure that everybody knows we're the wokest of the woke. Yeah. All right. White Starbucks owner. All right. Well, why she got to be white? Well, why is everybody got to be black or whatever? I mean, what? She's white. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So there you go. 
Good for her. Look, I will always, always judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And if I'm working at a Starbucks and it says you can't use the John without being a customer, two brothers walk in, they ain't using the John. Two white dudes walk in, they ain't using the John. Two women walk in, two lesbian black women walk in, they ain't using the John. Dems the berries, as they say. Dems the berries. Dems the berries. I'm just telling you. Dems the berries, as they used to say. We ain't using the John. Trey Wallace next. Let's talk some SEC football. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Oh, what a great morning. We've already hit on John Morant. We've hit on Zion Williamson. We've hit on a Penn State professor having sex with his pets. And, of course, well, we hit on a Starbucks worker getting $25 million because she was fired for being white. Man. But it, the, the highlight of the morning is right here, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is, the great Trey Wallace. All right, I'm not going to lie. I'm tired of our schedule. I I don't like child uh, gender reveals, schedule reveals. I don't like none of it. But the SEC had a schedule reveal. What came out? What did you like? What what came out of the SEC schedule? I mean, I I guess the biggest thing for me, Dan, good morning, my brother, is that they didn't go full NCAA tournament bracket reveal and make that thing go an hour. Like, I think that... That was the biggest takeaway for me. Like, give me that. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit around and wait and break down teams and all that stuff. But besides that, good television little nugget is that we're about to see a a bunch of different marquee football games in 2024. With look, college football is changing, man. We've talked about this numerous times on the show. The Big Ten's going to look different in 24. 
the SEC is going to look different. Big 12, you name it. We're getting, we're getting we're just the, these matchups, these non-conference matchups are going to be better in conference. I mean, dude, we're getting, you know, Texas and Texas A&M's coming back. That's a massive game. Like I'm looking forward to having that back in college football. That's fun. You're going to have Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart in Tuscaloosa. The only time that they usually play nowadays is in the postseason. Now we're getting a regular season matchup out of it. And then you continue on down the list. I mean, the fact that, you know, uh, a week after, you know, Texas A&M plays Notre Dame, you know, we're going to get straight into a conference matchup, which could be up against anyway. You know, they didn't release the dates, but it could be up against any one of these teams. It could be up against the Florida Gators or the Georgia Bulldogs or, or Tennessee or LSU. Like the way that I think they're going to do this schedule is going to benefit the college football playoff. And you know, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So last night presented a great opportunity for the Southeastern conference. And look, just for me as a college football fan, getting to see some of these games in Norman and in Austin, Texas, I I think it's huge. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I feel bad for the Florida Gators because they got the bad end of the stick last night, brother. Why? What happened that you didn't like with Florida? Well, I mean, you so just going over their home schedule, this is just the SEC. Then we'll get into non-conference. They got Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M at home. Then they got to go on the road to Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Texas. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky and crazy for them. They also have to play Miami. They also have to play Florida State. And then they have to play UCF, which is not a bad football team uh, in Orlando. So you tack on those three in-state schools along with a tough Southeastern Conference schedule. Florida Gators got, I'm not going to say shafted because it's their own fault for scheduling these out-of-conference games, but, I mean, it, it feels like they got one of the toughest schedules out of this thing. So, you know, in 2024, look, if Billy Napier doesn't have a good season coming up here in a couple months, he could be entering 2024 on the hot seat. And, and, and that is one hell of a schedule to be sitting on the hot seat for. When you're sitting here in the Big Ten and you hear about the SEC schedule, the one thing that you think about is, okay, what the, who does, how did it set up for Georgia? How did it set up for Alabama? Yeah. I, I think, look, you, you look at Alabama, they're going to play LSU at home. They're going to play Ole Miss at home. They're going to play Tennessee and Texas at home. Okay, that's that's a pretty look. LSU, Tennessee at home, Ole Miss is usually pretty decent. That's a little bit of a gauntlet. Now here's where it gets interesting. On the road, you got to turn around and and you've got to play LSU. No, let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. They get Georgia at home. They get Georgia and Auburn at home. Okay, but here's the interesting one. They got to go on the road to LSU, to Oklahoma, and then to Tennessee in 24. So Nick Saban. He wanted, you know, for a long time, he wanted that nine-game schedule, you know, to kind of even things out a little bit. And then he backtracked and said, well, I'm okay with either one of them. Last night, I imagine he had a couple phone calls to Birmingham. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up. What you guys doing to me? That's a pretty tough schedule. You guys got me going on the road to LSU, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. So it's just, you know, with, with Alabama – 
it gets very interesting. And for Georgia, Dan, Georgia's got a cupcake schedule this year. Okay. Outside of two games, it's pretty cupcake. If they're not playing in the college football playoff, that would be a massive shocker to me. But then you take a look at their schedule in 24. You got Alabama on the road, Ole Miss, Texas on the road. We get to see, as a college football purist, we get to see Georgia versus Texas in Austin. That's going to be freaking awesome. I'm excited. But then at home games, they only get three. They get Auburn, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. Only three home games because they play that yearly game in Jacksonville against Florida, which could be in Daytona. You never really know in a couple of years. So nice little segue, huh? Uh, well, let me go. I want to get into something. Speaking of Daytona yeah. and the Daytona Speedway, I people don't believe me when I tell you this, but this is how this transpired. Urban Meyer came into uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he made a list of everything that needed to be improved. He made a list. They were so far behind in facilities, their stadium, their football building, which is being renovated, their weight program, their conditioning program, their food program. So, you know what? To the owner's credit, even though, you know, they got rid of Urban, he's doing this, so now Jacksonville can't play in their home stadium. I think it's fascinating that they're going to try to play at the Daytona Speedway. Is this going to actually happen? You know, I think it's fascinating, first off. I'll I'll give you a first point. The fact that a team would have to relocate for two seasons while construction is going on at at their home stadium. I mean, we we saw this go down, you know, at Miami. You know, Miami was sitting there. They're reconstructing Hard Rock Stadium, turning it into a, a, a beautiful facility just from the outside and looking at pictures of the inside. But they did that while the team was still playing. Jacksonville's like, you know what? You guys got to go for two years. We got to figure out another spot. Well, there's not another spot in Jacksonville. Uh, there's a there's a local NIA college that can fit maybe 5,000 fans on their track field. That's not happening. So there's, there's a couple of options here. You either go to Orlando and you play at Camping World Stadium, which is known as the Citrus Bowl. I will always call it the Citrus Bowl. Or you go to Gainesville and you play in the Swamp where the Florida Gators play. So pretty much that... You can be playing that on that turf on a Saturday and then turn around and try to play it on a Sunday. Here's the other one. Daytona Nas- Daytona International Speedway came to Jacksonville and said, hey, man, look, we'd be interested in hosting this game. We'd love to sit down and talk with you about it. It wouldn't be the whole grandstand of 160,000, but they'd block it off right there to about probably about 50,000, 60,000, in my opinion, to be able to watch it. It would look, it would be very interesting. It would, it would look weird. It would be, you know, you go back the last time football teams played on a speedway, 2016, Tennessee, Virginia tech, they played at Bristol motor speedway. Uh, one of the craziest environments I've ever been to before in in college football, 160,000 fans on a racetrack. It was weird. It was awkward, but they made it work with Daytona. And you've seen the pictures of Daytona. You know this, Dan. You know what it looks like. There's only a certain area you can really play in for people to be able to see without setting up some temporary stands. So, but here's the thing. Daytona officials, they're going to pitch this, and they're going to pitch this hard because they can say, okay, look, 
we can be your permanent home. If you need us to be, we can. Yeah, we've got a race weekend, but we can figure that out. They only have like one race weekend, in my opinion, that would conflict with, with Jacksonville's schedule. So if they can figure something out to maybe make this work, I know it's a long shot, but I think Daytona was like, man, let's try to jump in on this. We had the facilities. Uh, there would probably, there would have to be some renovations done, some updating, but they would have time to do that, three, four years. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but what I am saying is that it does beat the hell out of having to go play down in Gainesville where your college team is getting off the field and you've only got 12 hours to prepare for a home game. It's just there's so many different parameters of this, and, you know, Jacksonville's got to vote on it, by the way. The city does. they got to get it all straight when it comes to the tax money and everything that's going to go into it, but – Man, I give Urban Meyer credit um, for what you just said when it comes to the stadium renovation. That place, you know, that place is hard to 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 watch a game at nowadays. Uh, it's outdated. It reminds me of the Tennessee Titans Stadium in Nashville. Uh, reminds me of old Soldier Field before they made renovations. So look, Shad Khan's got more money than he knows what to do with. So put it in some renovations. Go play down in Daytona and have yourself a damn good day. Appreciate you, Trey. Thanks, man. It's going to be fascinating. Thanks, brother. I look, I look forward to it, brother. Have a great day. That's the great Trey Wallace. Follow him at Trey underscore Wallace. Yeah, Urban did that, and if you don't want to believe me, I don't care. That's just what he did. That's what you do when you operation. That's the losingest program in professional sports. All right, I got something for you. Shut the up. Oprah. Oh, blasphemy. I've teased this all day. I've had enough of Oprah. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Oprah. Hello. Everybody gets a car. Now, shut up, Oprah. Quit being so partisan. Quit hanging with pedophiles. Shut up. That's all I got. Shut up. Let's see. Oprah Winfrey is mad. Oprah Winfrey wants, Whoopi Goldberg, not Oprah, sorry. I'm sorry, I screwed it up. Yeah, shut up, Oprah, too. (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg is lecturing us, lecturing us, this androgynous, whatever the hell she is. She's lecturing us to stop talking about Hillary Clinton, Biden, or, or classified documents. Let's hear from the incredibly racist. By the way, why do I say that? She told Samantha Ponder, no, we're not having any white girls on The View this week. True story. All right, here you go with Whoopi frickin' Goldberg. Uh, Oprah, you shut up too. Here's what I'm tired of. I don't want to hear any more people talking about what Hillary did. I don't want to hear any more talk about what other people have done, because none of them, not one of them, has said no to any of the inquiries, no matter how poorly they were fashioned or questioned. Nobody fought it. Everybody said, look in and see what you you find. That's what I want. See, I don't want to hear you say, well, Hillary, and why didn't you give it? I don't want to hear that anymore. I don't want to hear people talk about, well, Biden did it. Biden was not the president, y'all. He was the vice president. And he's still under investigation. Which means, which means that it would have meant the president had to have declassified it. That was Obama at the time. Okay? Let's just be clear about what's happening. The man broke the law. 
Well, let's just really be clear. The government, the Department of Justice, and and the White House know that Hillary Clinton deleted emails, bashed it, and resisted subpoenas. So I do want to hear about it. I want to hear more about it. I want to hear as much as you can give me about how dirty the Clinton family is, how dirty the Biden crime family is. And I'll tell you why. Because until we, the people, we, people that have our kind of shows, step up and do this, nothing's ever going to happen because we have a corrupt Department of Justice that is protecting these pigs. We have a corrupt media like this idiot here that is protecting these crime families. So I want to hear more of it. I want to hear it loud. I hope that somebody can tell this fat ass, whatever she is, to just shut the hell up, step aside, because you're too partisan. I want to hear what Trump did. I want to hear what Pence did. I want to hear what Biden did. I want to hear Obama, the most protected president ever. Look, it's starting to get to the point where you can criticize Obama because you should. Obama, the do-nothing president, didn't do jack squat. He wasted eight years and all he did was divide the country because at the end of his presidency, he saw that he was going to have to be a black guy out in the United States, and black people weren't respecting him. That's what happened. If you don't think so, then you just don't know. Look at this thing. But anyway, so black people weren't respecting him, so he had to start doing something that would get him acceptance in the black community. And if you don't know that, you haven't paid attention. So he starts on the all division thing, the cop thing, in his last few months or six months as president so that he doesn't get considered an Uncle Tom when he goes out into society. If you don't know that... My God. But anyway, no, we should want to hear more. We should want to know the truth. And shows like this are dangerous. Shows like this, I apologize. We showed Baby Gronk and The View. I don't know what in the hell I'm doing today. I don't know what the hell I'm thinking today. But it's garbage. It is. It's complete garbage that these people don't want to hear it. Why? Because they know their side is guilty. Hey, look, if Trump is guilty, put his ass in jail. Serious business. If he is guilty, uh, everybody should be the same under the letter of the law. Put him in jail. If Pence is guilty, put him in jail. If Obama is guilty, put him in jail. If Biden and Hunter Biden and all, fine. But why is this so difficult? You should want to hear. We, uh, the American people, and particularly fat-ass Whoopi Goldberg on her dumb-ass show, should be sitting there going, we want to hear more of this. We want to hear more. I want to know more. Tell me more. Let's tell the truth. Why is the truth so hard in our country? Why is it so incredibly difficult in our nation? Only talk about Trump. Fine, talk about Trump. But for the love of all things holy, I mean, honest to God, can we not tell the truth on Clinton? Can we not tell the truth on Bush? Can we not tell the truth on what was going on if it was illegal with Obama? and Pence, and Biden. Jesus, and we listen to this freaking freak show, and we act like this person, I don't want to hear, I don't give a damn what you want to hear. Who gives a rat's ass what Whoopi Goldberg wants to hear or doesn't want to hear? In fact, because this ridiculous, whatever this is, human being, uh, doesn't want to hear it, we may talk about it every day and hope it gets picked up. Period. Bars and stripes, baby. That's right. Americans are drinking more than they have since the Civil War days. 
Now, I got to tell you, I'm shocked by this. I, I thought maybe in the 70s and the 80s, people were drinking as much. But of course, weed found its way in. But we're drinking as much alcohol as we did during back in the Civil War days. And I got to tell you, I'm not surprised. Why wouldn't you? Look, the deal is simply this, okay? I live on a lake. I live on a lake, and I when you live on a lake, all you do is drink. You go outside to uh, grill out, you grab a beer. You sit outside at night, you grab a beer. You do. And I thought it was only me. I thought it was only, well, Double D lives on a lake. So Double D is grabbing beers. Okay. All right. No. Apparently, it's everyone. Apparently, the world that we live in is saying, hey, look, it's so crazy, we got to drink, and I ain't mad about it. Did you know there was a study the other day? There was a study the other day that said a glass of or two a night is good for your health. What, 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 what? That's been out there for years. That's been out there for 7,622 years. The average American, ready? Listen to this. According to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, over the course of 2021, the average American consumed 2.51 gallons of ethanol, the alcohol found in beer, wine, and spirits, compared to 2.53 gallons in 1860. Now, I got to ask a simple question. How do you know this? How in the Sam and Henry do we know how much alcohol was drank in 1860? Can somebody explain that to me? A standard drink is 0.6 fluid ounces of ethanol, meaning that Americans 14 and older, 14 and older, are consuming about 535.5 standard drinks on average in a year. Obviously, that is over one, basically one and a half a day. Nothing wrong with that. I got to tell you, until these last five days, I pushed that up. Look, Lee and I, bottle of wine at night, sit around, have a chat. Keeps the marriage strong. Now, I have stopped drinking and snacking until I lose 20 pounds because I don't know about you, but I found peanut pretzels, peanut butter stuffed pretzels. And when I have wine, the salt and the peanut butter is perfect with red wine. And then I went to a freaking, I went to my mother-in-law's uh, you know, when she passed this weekend and I realized my brother-in-law and I realized not only are we fat, everyone's fat and we got to get skinny. So I cut it out. I'm down more nine pounds and away we go. But that's the deal, period. And I don't want to hear about it. How does anybody know? <laughs> Seriously, how does anybody know what anybody was drinking per day in 19, or 1860? That's 100 year, 102 years before I was born, and I'm old as ass. Now, I just got to ask. I just got to ask. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Dan can't have junk food in the house if you're drinking. That's right. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. You got to get rid of the junk food. We don't have much junk food. Lee is a health nut. Uh, Lee's children are here, and we want to make sure that, you know, Lee cooks dinners and they're healthy, but I got to tell you, you throw a couple glasses of wine down me, two things are going to happen. One is going to be, hey, baby, how you doing? And she's got to make a decision, Lee does. The other one is, I'm figging the grub, as the great Stu Robinson would say. I'm figging the grub. That's right. 
I'm figging. <laughs> I go, Stu, what are you doing? Oh, man, Danny, I'm figging the grub. I go, what does that mean? He goes, it means I'm eating, idiot. I said, oh, okay. I'm figuring to talk. <laughs> but anyway, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We're drinking more than Civil War times. Think about that. Hey, uh, how much you, how do you know? And I'm not even going to research it. Uh, I'm not, you know. An NBA star's sister, of course. An NBA star's sister is mad. There's a double standard. There's a double standard with the Jokovic brothers. Jokic brothers. There's a double standard because my Serbian brothers' brothers aren't being accused of clout chasing. Well, I got to tell you, dumbass. Uh, no, it isn't clout chasing. It's those guys stand in the background. Uh, Nikolai comes to them, and next thing you know, they all celebrate. This isn't, you know, I don't know. Uh, this isn't, well, what's his face? John Morant's dad. Look, the Horford family's nuts, except for Al. They're all insane. I don't see anyone calling them count chasing sluts for publicly supporting their brother. Funny how that works. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean funny how that works? What, what do you mean? That's like Jay Williams. Uh, that's interesting. Funny how that works. Look, the Horford family, they're nuts. John Horford is a good dude. That the family is nuts. Nice people. Nice people. So what, what's the problem? Only because I have to choose. Mary Jalen? What? All right. There you go. Now, yeah, great. I'm telling you. They're all actresses. Clout chasing. It's always, well, that, hey, look, good for the Jokovic brothers. Bad for John Morant's dad. I judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. The Jokic brothers are there for security. They sit in the stands. They fight people that talk bad about Jokic. John Morant's dad sits in the front row and thinks he's Usher or Drake. Bad. And if you think that's a black-white thing, then you're an idiot. You're an idiot if you think that. And I know that's what people think, and most people are idiots. All you got to do is look. You ever see the Jokic brothers sitting in the front? No. You see Nikolai go to his brothers. You see him hug his brothers. You see him go into the stands for his brothers, dumbass. You don't see the dad up there trying to fight uh, Shannon Sharp. Funny how that works. Funny how that works, is it not? Yeah, it's interesting. I'll do Jay Williams. It's interesting how that works. Interesting, the one dude's brothers aren't in the front row wearing shades, a hat, and trying to be too cool for school. They wear their Jokic jerseys and they sit in the stands. Huh. Funny how that works. Man. By the way, on the YouTube chat, I agree with Bad Buffington. I want all politicians investigated and if found guilty, removed from office and put in jail. It's exactly right. I don't care if you're Trump. I don't care if you're Pence. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Let's clean the swamp. I don't know what to tell you. I have no idea what to tell you, but that is what we're doing. Uh, Danny Plezak is going to join us coming up here at 10 o'clock. And then we've got a new game. Would 
Biden or would Hunter Biden hit that? That's right. Would he hit that? That's coming up at about 10:15. So Danny act next. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. The Cubs looked like a lot of fun the other day when I watched them against Pittsburgh. The Reds are a lot of fun. The Reds are running. They're stealing bases. They're getting going. They're pretty good. Like, hey, look, I don't know if they're good enough, but if you're a Reds fan, come on. It's some fun stuff to watch. Danny act next. Major League Baseball Network. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. He played 367 years in the big leagues and still looks like he's 18 years old, dunking and hitting bombs at Andre in high school. Ladies and gentlemen, Major League Baseball Network's Dan Plezak. But I think that limits you. Every time I see you on Twitter, you're either golfing or you're going to go and do a Brewers game or you're doing – saying MLB Network is too limiting for you. Yeah, you know what, Dan? I tell you what, it's really funny because guys that really know me, they they're shocked at how I because I've never been a guy like golf is a little bit of game, much more about you know being patient, and I'm I'm one of those fast twitch kind of guys. And I'm not tell you what though, I have I have like engulfed myself in the game of golf. I, I don't know a better word to use than that, but I really do it, man. I, I've been really lucky, Dan. You know, I was able to play for 18 years, enjoyed that, and then got into broadcasting. Did some Cubs pre and post game, and this gig opened up at MLB Network. And Dan, I feel like I've had the best of both worlds. The you know that old Sammy Sosa line, you know, baseball been very, very good to me, and it has been. It's been a great, it's been a great ride. All right, DP, let's talk some baseball. I, I, you can make some sense of this. Um, Anthony Bass gets cut. Um, I always said this: you you got to be better than your problems. You're, you got to be more talented, your production. Why did Anthony Bass get cut, Danny? Well, I think, Dan, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Listen, he's had some very uh, outspoken views on some things. And the, the bottom line is, Dan, you know, in the world of sports, whether it's college, it's high school, it's the professional level, mainly at the professional level, if you're performing at a high level, I'm not going to say that you can get away with a lot more, but there is a lot more leeway, Dan. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, he hadn't been pitching all that well, and I think it was time for the Blue Jays. They had to make a decision, like, was the problem that they were having PR-wise, was it worth, you know, keeping him around? And that's, you know, that's a decision that the Toronto Blue Jays felt like they had to make, but the bottom line was, too, Dan, he needed to pitch better. 
There was a time, you know, and and I don't want to get you in any kind of trouble, but there was a time what he said was just basically in support of something. Uh, And maybe it's still that time where we want athletes to speak out, but apparently we can only have athletes speak out on the things that are politically correct, I guess, is what I'm seeing out of this. Am I wrong? (laughs) Uh, No, in a lot of ways, you're right, Dan. And I I think it's a a very uh, slip slippery uh, slope that you that you walk on I, I think we want our athletes we want our you know our public figures to come out and be outspoken but you know in and, and you have to really be careful in what you say how you say it how you phrase it and who, who you're talking to and you know you have to kind of really play it more down the middle dan more than ever right now and you know we want our athletes to say more we want them to we we want to kind of get a we want to get that inside info that inside edge on hey what a guy really thinks but it, in a day and age right now i i think if you if you're into sports and you need to keep in the sports and, and that's kind of your genre and that's your area you're probably better off just staying in your lane and playing it safe yeah i agree i i agree trevor bauer in the news again Danny. this is one of the weirdest stories i mean He's in Japan. He, nobody, they didn't want to indict him. Uh, basically, baseball said, get the hell out of here. My thought is this dude's never coming back into the big leagues ever, right? Yeah, it's, you know, and, and uh, you know, there's a late, there's an allegation that came out a couple of days ago, a new allegation. So I, I don't know if he's found himself in more hot water again. I don't know. Um, I do know this, Dan. There was a time this guy was a very, and I mean, very talented player. You know, one of those guys that was atypical to like what the the mainstream kind of baseball player was, kind of an outside-the-box thinker, an outside-the-box trainer, what he did before a game, what he did during a game. Very smart guy. Um, if you follow him at all on, on any of his YouTube or his social media things, uh, very into pitching, what he wants to do, uh, giving tips and aids. Uh, very smart, very bright, but he's found himself. It, it's just amazing to me, like how quickly Dan he was a very hot commodity, and right now, um, and in the bottom line, he's another guy. Dan he went uh, playing in Korea, and the bottom line is he hasn't pitched very well either. Dan, I mean, he 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 found himself a couple of starts, and then he was down in the minor leagues in Korea, and uh, it's he's going to have an uphill battle in, in a lot of different fronts right now. Man, you ain't lying. I mean, he was a guy. He was a real guy. All right, I want to talk about baseball. Screw all that stuff. Hey, I, I'm watching the Reds the last few days, DP. The Reds are fun. I don't know if yeah, they are good, but uh, go ahead. No, Dan, they are. And this Ellie De La Cruz is just, he's an amazing player, Dan. He's a uh, six, 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 seven guy, lanky, can run, has tremendous power. I give David Bell a lot of credit. Like, He's, I don't want to say this is a uh, dealt a bad hand of players, but you kind of know what you're getting into when you take over a managerial job. And the Reds have never really been a big spending team. But I'm telling you, Dan, they're only a couple of games. They're they're within shouting distance. I, I said this last night on MLB Network to Greg Amsinger. I wouldn't be surprised, Dan, at the trade deadline if they wouldn't be a buyer. Now, I don't think they're going to move any of their really – good young players because they're starting to finally they're they're benefiting from what they've been able to stockpile the last five or six years they have some exciting young players and that nl central dan 
I, I cannot believe how bad that it is. The St. Louis Cardinals are 15 games under 500, and yet they're only eight and a half games out of first place. The two central divisions in baseball, the AL and the NL, are really bad. And if you would have told me before the season started that the Cardinals would be this bad, the Brewers would be struggling to stay over 500. Right now, the Pirates and the Reds are trending north. I don't know if either one are good enough right now, Dan, to really win it because I think when it's all said and done, Milwaukee's pitching is just too good and the Cardinals can't possibly be this bad. Uh, they just lost three games in a row to the, the San Francisco Giants. They have the day off today. They're in New York. They play the Mets Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I don't know what's going to happen in St. Louis, but it's a very talented roster. They are playing lousy. With that said, getting back to your point about the Reds, Dan, they're an up-and-coming team, and don't be surprised at the deadline. I don't think they're going to be in for guys like if Marcus Stroman is available, um, if, if somebody's free, Jack Flaherty is available. I don't think the Reds are going to be in the market for one of those top-tier guys because they don't want to give any young players up, but they're not that far from being competitive. And, Dan, I agree with you. They're a fun team to watch, and since Dela Cruz has arrived, there is a lot of people. They're getting more fannies in that seats in St. Louis. They're on to something, Dan, in a division that's very winnable. All right, I got to ask you, I'm watching the Cubs the last couple of days, and I'm watching the Reds, and I'm like, man, the Cubs actually did this. Now, you, is this a trend? Is this something that's coming back into baseball? And I'm watching the Reds do this. Both teams are running. I saw both on consecutive nights, I saw old school hit and runs, which you never saw a few years ago. I've seen stolen bases. I've seen the Reds take extra bases. I've seen the Reds go to the point where we're trying to take every – you know how you round second and you're going to go to third and then the, then the coach stops you, you know, he put – are teams running more? Is baseball more open this year? Dan, without a doubt it is. I think the bigger bases, and I'll tell you what's brought into play, the stolen base and the pitch clock has been the best thing. I haven't had a guy come up to me yet. I'm here in the Northeast, a lot of Mets, a lot of Yankees, a lot of Phillies fans. I have yet to have anybody come up to me and say, well, that pitch clock's terrible. Guys like it. The players like it. And when I went around and I, I did a game a couple of weeks ago, I did a Phillies-Mets game uh, in City Field. And you go down on the field and you talk to the players. Dan, they love it. They're not standing around. There's not these 43 games that take three and a half hours. The players like it. The pitchers, it's been a little bit of an adjustment. You know, guys that have, have been around a while, like Verlander and Scherzer, they're used to taking their time in between pitches. They've picked up the pace. Um, Dan, it's a better game. But you're dead on what you were saying about teams running right now. And I think what, what teams have figured out with this pitch clock, particularly 20 seconds with a runner on base, when they get to first base and they can take a peek at that clock and they see it's at six or seven, the only defense, yeah, as a pitcher, you have two defenses that slow the running game down. One, you can hold the ball and make a runner uncomfortable at first base, or you have to have a guy like Yadier Molina behind a plate, a guy, Pudge Rodriguez, with a rifle arm. And if you don't have that, you're in trouble. And I think right now what the running game has done, Dan, when a pitcher comes set and that clock gets to like 5-4, they know that the pitcher has to deliver the ball. They're getting a walk and lead, and, man, they're off to the races. And it's made it really tough on catchers right now. 
I had a great conversation with Buck Showalter when I did that Mets game a couple of weeks ago. And he said one of the hardest things that they have to do right now is to is to keep their catchers pumped up because the stolen base is back in right now. And it's really hard to combat the stolen base because the pitchers can't come up and hold that ball for a three, four second count. And it's really made it tough. And there are some really good throwing catches right now, Dan. But the running game is a little bit ahead of the pit, of the catchers right now. Is that like, okay, you played in an era. You've always told me the story about Robin Yount saying, look, I, I'll get a shot. I'm going to play. You played in an old school era with old school guys. And time was never a factor in baseball. Now, all of a sudden, you know, time in basketball, you got a shot clock. You, you run the clock down two for ones. But what you're telling me now is that time, because you can see the clock, I'm on base, I can see the clock going down, time impacts the game. A clock for the first time ever impacts. Do you, other than, you know, the game is better, as an old school guy or more of an old school guy, are old school players talking about that? Yeah, you know, some of the pictures are that it's 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 difficult because you've got a lot going on during the course of a game. You're in a one-run game, and you and if you have a guy at first base that can run, you know, the only way to combat that really is to hold the ball and step off. Well, you can't do that. You can call timeout one time, and then after that, that clock starts to run down. But I will say this, Dan. I have yet to talk to one pitcher. I like it's an adjustment, yes. But I, I, I will say this, more pitchers have been helped by this pitch clock than hurt. And this is my reasoning why. The pace of play is better. And I think sometimes you get pitchers that are out there on the mound and they take their hat off, they wipe their brow. The fielders are standing there and they're starting to get bored. They're getting lazy. And a guy takes 25, 30 seconds in between pitches. The pace is better. And then what it does it keeps you more engaged on what's going on. And you don't have as much time to think. You get there, you react, you get set. You have to have a really a pretty good game plan before the game starts to know what you want to do to a particular hitter or a particular team because the game, the pace has gone fast. I will say this, though. Uh, having talked to uh, Tom McCarthy of the Phillies, and he told me, the announcer of the Phillies, that one of the things that they've struggled with, he talked to JT Realmuto, is the fact that sometimes you have one of those innings that start to get away from a pitcher and things are moving 100 miles an hour. You just can't take that time out and have a guy step off or come out to the mound, have a conversation, and kind of take the air out of the game a little bit to slow it down. So you have to really be careful because you could get – you know what I was telling Greg Amster the other night? It could be really easy to get into this thing as a pitcher where you catch it and throw it. It's like going to hit balls at the driving range. You know, you get a bucket of balls, and before you know it, five minutes, you've already had half of a bucket of balls, and you start rapid firing one after another. And it's the same thing with pitching. You can get out there, and all of a sudden, the game gets going so fast that you get yourself involved in that pace of that game. And the next thing you know, it's a base hit, it's a walk, it's a base hit, it's a walk. And the next thing you know, three or four runs have scored, and you haven't been able to slow the game down to stop that in some way. Danny, my, my wife and I went to one Cubs game this year. They were playing the Rangers, and two things came out of it. One, if I were a single guy, I would, even at 60, I'd spend every day in the bleachers at Wrigley Field because it's unfreaking believable out there. I mean, it's freaking insane, and I liked it. Two, on the day we went, the Rangers were so bad like the second baseman wait one of these plays on a ground ball, 
the center fielder and the right fielder didn't talk, collided. The right fielder bobbled one for a trip. I mean, it was like the bad news freaking Bears. And I'm like, well, that's a crap team. You know, one Ooh. game, who knows, right? Rangers are good. Why are the Rangers yeah, they- so good? Uh, Dan, I'm going to tell you why. There's a couple reasons why they're good. They have a very good general manager, Chris Young, a former player that went out. They brought in Jacob DeGrom, and he only made six starts. They may have made the best free agent signing of anybody in baseball, a right-handed pitcher, Nathan Eovaldi, who's had a history of some arm injuries. He has been lights out. Jonathan Gray has been lights out. Martin Perez has been lights out. Dane Dunning, Dan, they pitch. They may need some help in the bullpen, but I'll tell you what they do, Dan. They brought in an old-school guy in Bruce Bochy, right? I I get it. In a day and age where you get in that fight between old-school analytics, old-school analytics, and I think Bruce Bochy has brought back some baseball back into the dugout because I think in a day and age where we're at now, Dan, uh, a lot of managers, and I'm not going to say I don't know how many, but it's it's a good majority – of the managers, their hands are kind of tied. The lineup cards made for you. The game is kind of pre-scripted before the game even starts. And it's refreshing to see a guy like Bruce Bochy that's not afraid to let a pitcher try to go out there and get through an inning to get through a lineup through the third time. We've become so analytically and data-driven, Dan, that we've created these five-inning pitchers because we're scared to death to let a guy go through a lineup the third time because they've done it twice and both times he gave up two runs and he has a 12.5 ERA. Well, you know what, Dan? If we're going to continue to have a rash of arm injuries and guys going through bullpens being rebuilt on the fly, we got to start getting more length out of our starting pitchers. And I think when you're the more and more we're starting to see what the Rangers are doing uh, with Nathan Eovaldi, John Gray, Dane Dunning, they're getting more length out of their pitchers. And to be quite honest with you, Dan, it's kind of fun again because, I don't know, maybe this is like we're, we're showing our age, but I, even though I get up every morning, I look on the computer. I was going to say look at the newspaper, but not a lot of people do that anymore. Right. But, the, but the first thing I look at, Dan, is I look at a pitching matchup. If I'm going to the Cub game this afternoon, and I want to watch Marcus Stroman pitch. You know what I mean? I want to watch Marcus Stroman pitch against the Philadelphia Phillies, and I want to see it against Zach Wheeler. I I want to go to a Reds game, and I want to see one of their good young pitchers going. And I think for a while we got lost in that. It was a cool thing to have an opener, right? We're going to be smarter than everybody. We're going to have a guy nobody knows start the game, and then we're going to bring a reliever. We're going to bring our starter in in the second inning because it makes it hard for the lineup. Dan, I I just think baseball has taken so many strides this year, it's a better game, Dan. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go with the pitch clock. I was really skeptical of it. Guys were complaining a little bit in spring training. Dan, I did a game two weeks ago. I did a Phillies-Mets game at City Field. I live in New Jersey. It's about 45 minutes from my house to City Field. I called that game. It was back in my condo at 1130 at night where, Dan, I was doing those games before getting home at 2 o'clock in the morning. It is incredible. The pace of play is fast. And I think the people love – I've had more guys come up to me and go, man, I could watch a game now and by 10 o'clock. I've watched the whole game. It's not in the sixth inning. It, it's a it's a much better brand of baseball, Dan, and people love it. Man, I, I'm so with you. You know, I, I grew up – who's pitching? Oh, man, 
All right, I want to see Fergie Jenkins against Steve Carlton. And and you knew they were going to go deep and who was going to battle. I remember August 17th, my birthday, 1976, I think it was, 52,000 people because Mark Fidrich, we went to the game, was pitching in Tiger Stadium. You know what I mean? It was like, wow, man, the starter was the guy. I can't let you go without asking you, White Sox are doing their thing. They won last night, but they haven't been what they should be. The Cubs are where the Cubs are. What's your thoughts, DP? I'm not giving up on the White Sox because the division is so bad, Dan. They're they're nine games under 500, but the division is so bad. The Twins right now are the best team, Dan. They have arguably two of the better pitchers in the division, and Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray. Carlos Correa has finally started to wake up. They're, they're the best team in the Central. With that said, every time I think the Twins are going to get some separation, they go on the road and they lose three out of four. They come back home, they lose two out of three. That division's upside down. Anybody can win it. The Cubs, Dan, I'm a little surprised. I thought they were going to be better. I I, I don't want to say I kind of started drinking the Kool-Aid, but I did towards the end of April, early May. Um, they need to pitch a little bit better. Tyone's been better his last couple of starts. Marcus Stroman, one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball right now, like the lineup, Dan. They should start scoring some more runs. They're just going to have to make a decision on some guys. Patrick Wisdom, you know, the strikeouts come along with that 200 batting average. You know, last night uh, they, they came from behind a big game, big game for the Cubs last night against the Pirates. Another division, Dan, that's very winnable. If the Cubs, if you hey, listen, if there are a lot of people in baseball right now still think the Cardinals have a chance to win it, they're 15 games under 500. Then why in the hell can't the Cubs make a run at it? So that division, both the AL and NL Central, they're both upside down. They're very winnable. I would say right now, any of couple of teams in the Central AL can win it. White Sox are one of those teams. I think the Twins are. And I look at the Central. I think the Brewers have the best starting pitching. Um, the Cardinals right now might have the best team, but they're playing lousy. The Cubs have a chance, Dan, because the divi- both of those divisions are so bad. What time's tea time? What are you doing? What time? Not you- playing. Not playing today, Dan. I'm taking the day off today. I'm going to play tomorrow. I was on late last night. I was on till one. We were on a three and a half hour tour last night. Meet Cliff Floyd and Greg Amzinger. So I didn't get to bed till about two thirty last night. So I'm going to take the day off today. But I'm going to be teeing it up Friday. You can bet on it. Hey, wait a second. The happiest guy just thought of this. I remember sitting in a studio at ESPN going. Can this freaking game end so we can wrap and get the hell home? This has got to be the greatest year oh. ever for studio hosts. I just thought of this. Oh. Yeah, the only thing, yeah, the only thing that's bad for us, Dan, is we're on these three-hour shifts. Like I'll get on my schedule that it's 10 to oh. 1 because the seven o'clock games, right? Well, now these games are ending at like 9:20. So on, I'm on from 9:20 to 1 o'clock. So they're getting an extra 40 minutes out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're paying you overtime. I mean, time and a half, that's the bill, right? Time and yeah, a half. Yeah, it's, it's good, Dan. It's- <laughs> Thanks, my friend. Thanks for coming you on. You got it, Dan. I'm talking to you. You got it. Be good. That's a great Danny Plezak. Uh Danny played 18 years in the big leagues, man. I went to the Hall of Fame, and he was sixth all-time in appearances. Played for a lot of teams and was great. Not good. He was great. He was great in high school, great basketball player, great baseball player, great football player if he wanted to be. I mean, and then he gets drafted, goes to North Carolina State, terrific with his brother Joey there. And by the way, congrats to Joe Plezak. Joe Plezak and our Andre in high school fighting 59ers going for state championship 
Number nine under Dave Pitchker, and Joe is a longtime assistant slash pitching coach slash guru. Joe should be a major league pitching coach. Uh, and you know what? But it's a lot of work. No one wants to work that freaking hard. But Danny Plezak, one of the all-time greats. In fact, um, the state of Indiana, because Dan was in northwest Indiana, the state of Indiana, as I lived down here in India, went to Bloomington, has no idea how great Dan Plezak was. We don't have guys from the state of Indiana that pitched 18 freaking years in the big leagues. Are you crapping me? Uh, let me go serious. Are you shitting me? I mean, I hear about all these legends in southern Indiana, and I'm like, yeah, you guys have no idea, man. DP uh, could have been a football, he could have been a recruit, played in Georgia, played basketball, whatever the hell you wanted him to do, he could do. And Jim Leland told me this, Dan Plezak has a spot on my staff anytime because he's America's greatest harness, harness horse handicapper. That's right. We speak truth, sir. I don't know what the hell to tell you. Uh, you know, what, what can I tell you? It's what we do. Uh, all right, I got a new segment for you. My guys, my crack staff, they don't do crack, but they're my crack staff here in the back. Would Hunter Biden hit that? <laughs> That's we, we go from class of Danny Plezak to would Hunter Biden hit that? So, all right, let's go. Would Hunter Biden hit that? Let me see the first person up here. Who we got? First and foremost, would Hunter hit that? I'm going to go to the YouTube chat because I want everybody involved here. Would Hunter hit that? Let me see. Who's up number one? <laughs> number one. <laughs> yeah, Mattingly and yeah, Mattingly and Roland were good. I'm not saying they weren't good. But some dude gets a cup of coffee and everybody goes, oh, my God, Ucha Capesta. My eyes are burning, and we got to go and say, hey, these guys are great. Hey, please, I played 18 years in the freaking bigs. You know how hard that is? Are we ready? I know the computer's acting up. Would Hunter hit that? And if you know what I mean, you got to be hip and cool, uh, not punch that. You know what I'm saying. Zion Williamson style. Baby mama drama. Would, Zion, would Hunter hit that? I got to tell you, all right, again, I just watched Wolf of Wall Street. Hunter got on some pretty serious drugs. Uh, uh, Gritty Hunter, or Gritty says, by the way, Gritty, your package is mailed. Uh, Said Hunter would hit my dogs. Who wouldn't Hunter hit? Dan, Hunter would hit you. I think Hunter would hit that. I do. That's a messed up look. That's a Southern Indiana, Austin, Indiana, Scottsburg, Indiana look right there. Yeah, yeah, I think Hunter would hit. Otter Creek says, yeah, I think he already did. Yeah. Joe and Hunter would tag team that. (laughs) I think that's too old for Joe. I think that's a little bit too old for Joe Biden, don't you? I do. Just a little. Joe likes to sniff around the young ones, apparently. All right, the answer is yes, Hunter would hit that. And I think that would hit Hunter, too. Who's next up here? <laughs> I got to tell you, I already love this. Oh, my God. This, which one? Which one would Hunter hit? I mean, look, the one in the middle is the poster child for what Hunter hit. In fact, it kind of looks like Hunter. The guy on the right, I think he would put a little something doggy nice uh, with the guy on the right. Guy on the left, maybe not. I think Hunter's a chicken blank. I think Hunter is chicken shit. So I don't think Hunter 
would hit the guy on the left. Like, I don't think Hunter would take a swing, knock the knife down. Next thing you know, he's hitting the guy on the left. But the guy on the right, look at the guy on the right's face. Oh, give it to me, Hunter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Look, just look at that face. You know Hunter would hit that. And in the middle, are you kidding me? That's Hunter Biden, right? That might be Hunter Biden. Yes. Let me sniff your hair. Come over here. That's Joe Biden. <laughs> Come here. I want to sniff your hair. Come here. <laughs> That's the president of the United States saying that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who else would Hunter Biden hit? <laughs> no. No. I'll tell you why. I don't think Hunter would hit that. I think Hunter would hallucinate and think he's hitting that. That's what I think he would be like, oh, baby. And he would think that that's what's going down. But I don't think, I think, he, I don't think Hunter wants to work that hard to find out the hitting area. I don't. Now, Hunter in a drugged out in the bathroom, needle in the arm, cigarette in his mouth, haze. I think Hunter Biden would think that that's what's going on. Xenomorph alien is the hottest on their list. I'm not going to lie to you. You guys on the YouTube chat probably know what a xenomorph alien is. I do not. I have no idea. A xenomorph alien. All right. (laughs) Dan, I think you want to hit Hunter. I do. I want to hit him right in the freaking mouth. I do. I want to hit him with this thing in the head. Seriously, he's a jackass. He's a punk. He's a coward. And yeah, I think so. Hey, Dan, how's DoorDash going? You know what, Colby? Uh, I go every week, $25 a week I make, and I send it to my bikes program. Thanks for asking. Dan, for a second, I thought that was a picture you showed of Hillary the other day. I guess it's an alien. All right, we got one more, a couple more. What do we got? Would Hunter hit that? Oh, yeah. Look at the lips on that one. Oh, yeah. Hunter would hit it, send it flowers, go back for it. Oh, yeah. That's an easy one. Hell, yeah. We got one more? That one. That one's no doubt. That's a, that's a day ending. Oh, God. <laughs> Would Hunter hit Hillary? Uh, yes. Oh, God, look at that. Look at the mouth on that. Put a hook in that thing. Put a freaking hook in that. Can you imagine? Bill gets to wake up to that. No, he doesn't. You know they're in the other room. You know they're in the other room. But Hillary, baby, would Hunter hit Hillary? Look at the mouth. Put a hook in that. Put that up on a wall. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Is there any more left? That's the best one, though. We got to end on that one. That one, I just just think it's funny. Would Hunter hit that? Yeah, he would. Yeah, I think he would. Hunter ain't afraid, man. Yeah, he's not. Hunter will give it to you. He'll give it to you nice. All right. (laughs) When we come back, I got a lot of more. I got a lot of more to get to as we announce... 
something about Craig Carton. Craig Carton's been on the show. He's leaving radio. Wow, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, a Black Lives Matter chapter president was arrested for a hate crime after allegedly impeding access to a Catholic school. Those ML, those uh, chapter presidents and all the stuff of the Black Lives Matter, not the movement, but the, uh, the website are complete clowns. Anyway, uh, news of the day will continue to be John Morant, Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson got all kind of baby mama drama. That's right. Zion and his baby mama drama I can't get enough of. The side piece business is good business. I mean, Andrew Bogut said 20 grand a month. Hey, look, you're on scholarship and here's baby mama. Some hooker, uh, maybe not hooker, I guess that's wrong. I guess stripper uh, named Mariah Mills. I warned you about trapping type hoes. You didn't listen to me. I know the game. The bill was too high, so you had to scrap for crumbs when you couldn't see me or I was busy. I let you F me so many times without a condom. You put my life in danger. We got some dirty stuff today. Zion Williamson is being accused of being fat, which he is a sex addict. Who the hell knows? By uh, Mariah Mills, this fine, upstanding young lady. Why? Because, well, Mills thought that she was Zion Williamson's one and only. Turned out Zion had a, a, what, a reveal party with his real girlfriend where it was discovered that Zion Williamson was having a baby girl. And guess what? Guess what? <laughs> Mariah got pissed. Let's just go through the litany of tweets, shall we, on uh, Zion Williamson and baby mama drama. He flew her out got her courtside seats and more. She claims he did all this knowing he had a baby on the way. Look, it's the NBA way, baby. What's wrong with you? Andrew Bogut, read the article in the uh, Daily Mail that Andrew Bogut talked about. He's like, look, you turn that tap on 20 grand and you can't turn it off. What? It's the NBA way. 20-something-year-olds, multi-bazillion dollars, Hoochie girls at every hotel shaking the moneymaker. Women did as much as this. Go get used condoms, put them outside, and another woman would come with the used, uh, take the used condom, and they would try to get pregnant by it. These are not upstanding folk. And Williamson, by all accounts, fell for the wrong woman. Look, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Fat, hurt, and impregnating is no way to go through life. Get it together. Keep going. Give me more. Give me more of these tweets. I love them. I do. I'm sorry. I like the story. My I could sign a billion-dollar contract, never play, because I ate too much, got fat, but I could still bang porn stars, strippers, and my fans still idolize me. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the NBA way right there. It is. John Morant, strip joints, uh, Zion Williamson, here you go. 
Andrew Bogut said it. Look, there's contracts. There's all kind of things. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Of course, the Pelicans should consider trading Williamson. Now, you got to understand, Williamson is probably going to never be more popular than right now among people that he hangs out with, people he cares about. Look, middle-aged white dude, I like making fun of it. Middle-aged African-American dude, that we like making fun of it. But among Williamson's people, the 20-some crowd, oh, man, you got that whole man. All right, hey, good. All right, yay, rah. Go fight, win. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Rachel Maddow tried to tell us that, well, news organizations would never, never, ever lie to us. Rachel Maddow says no. Let's go to the video of whatever this is. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live. Um, As we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast untrue things. We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations, no matter who says them. And I do not say this with any glee. I hope it is clear that this is not a glib decision. We take our responsibilities seriously. We revisit decisions like this all the time. We make the best call that we can in real time, every time. But tonight, our call is this. We will monitor that speech by the newly indicted former president. We will not carry his... I don't need to see any more of that. He's trying to turn this in. He's trying to turn it into a spectacle, into a campaign ad. That's enough of that. What did I tell you? I just told you about Zion Williamson having more clout because of the baby mama drama. Well, Rachel Maddow and uh, Jake Tapper, they both didn't want that to happen because we know, look, when you do this stuff to Trump, the American people, 90% of them are hardworking folk. And some are Republican and some are Democrat, some are Libertarian, some are Independent. But the 10% that these idiots cater to are the far left and the communists, and the fascists, and the idiots. And they know that the more Trump is seen celebrated, the better it is for Trump. That's all this is. This isn't anything other than that. And even Elon Musk right here, as you see, just laughs at it. You got to laugh at it. How can you not just laugh at it? You just got to go, oh, okay. Really? You guys are saying, uh, okay. Knowingly broadcast untrue things. That's all they do. That is all they do. There is nothing about them, the broadcast folk, that is like, well, you know, we're only going to put true things out there. It used to be, it used to be where the print industry, you had to have a couple sources, you had to make sure it was right. There were a bunch of things that made it such that the print industry actually had editors, but we know that's not right. Hell, at the Indy Star, there's one guy, a guy named Matt Galensic, who was so scared of Greg Doyle, he can't even see straight, so they put out whatever. And same thing with the New York Times. When you cut the entire staff and then you hire children to do jobs, guess what? The quality of the work goes down. That's all this, this is. What a bunch of crap. Seriously, it's just a bunch of crap. And Rachel Maddow, again, all you got to do is say it. You know, you don't have to really be about it. You just got to say it. If you say it, it works. 
How about this? How, how, how ridiculous is this? And explain this to me. There you go. Fake Tapper just demanded his broadcast be closed down from Miami because there was far too much enthusiasm on the streets for Trump. Why wouldn't you want to show that? That's a man running for president. The good news is he was the only one to do so, perhaps a good explanation as to why CNN ratings are so low. Look, CNN is trying. They fired their CEO after just hiring him. Their rating, they tried it with Trump. They got some ratings for that. They put a little girl in there who was ill-equipped to handle Trump. All she did was try to interrupt. You needed to have somebody that nobody could insult, like Anderson Cooper. I mean, Anderson Cooper being a gay dude, he could say whatever he wanted to Trump, and no one was going to complain about it. But you put a child in there with a tiger, and the child got whooped. People made fun of her. Her career should be over. It won't be. But the truth of the matter is Trump sells. But I will say this, if Trump committed acts that are treasonous, if Trump committed espionage, if Trump did something wrong, put his ass in jail. I don't care. Same thing with Biden. Put his ass in jail. Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network is going to introduce they, them pronouns in LGBTQ inclusive episodes of kids shows. Why? Like, why don't we just leave kids alone? Why don't we just say, you know what? We're just going to show cartoons. We're going to show the cartoons that kids like. And kids are going to come down and they're going to get in their pajamas and they're going to watch it on a Saturday morning and they're going to enjoy cartoons. They're not going to be inundated with two two dudes licking each other. They're not going to be inundated with they, them, we, he, whatever, pronouns. No. Let me ask you a question. In the real world, In the real world, you're going to Target, or not Target, you're going to Wolfie's over here. You're going to, I don't know, you're going into QC Kinetics to have your knee done. You're going to your doctor. You're going to your golf course. You're going to the CVS. Does anybody give a rat's ass about anybody's pronouns? Does anybody even think to give a rat's ass about anybody, anytime, anywhere's pronouns? No. You know, little kids go down, well, I want to see some pronouns. No, not voluntarily. Now their ridiculous blue-haired mommy might want them to, or their gay daddies might want them to, but that's grooming. How about you let a kid be a kid? And you can say, hey, Dan, you groomed your kid to play basketball. No, he wanted to play basketball, so we go play basketball. I don't know what to tell you. Simple. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, New York Yankees outfielder, would you do this? Uh, wore a necklace with his grandmother's tooth on it. Uh, Lee Ross is, um, she wears a necklace with her father's ashes in a little bit of it. It's a circular necklace and the ashes are in it. And going to do the same thing, get one for her son or daughter and herself. Uh, I don't think anything's weird about it. Grandmother's tooth is in the necklace, on the necklace. God bless you. I mean, what the hell? I wore my dad's uh, gold chain for a while. I kind of liked it. It made me look cool. Yeah. Uh, Veterans are divided after a POW MIA flag was taken down and a pride flag was hosted at the town hall. Look, the best people among us are veterans. And the best people among us know that this is disgusting and ridiculous, asinine, idiotic. It is not inclusive. It's divisive. So you take a missing in action POW flag down and you put up a gay pride flag. My question is why? 
we're trying to get inclusivity. Really? What about all the veterans? What about all the people that support veterans? You're not trying to produce inclusivity. You're trying to show how woke you are. And look, veterans are the best people among us. They're humble. They're tough. They're smart. They don't want attention. They don't want to make ways. They just wanted to serve our country, at least the 99% of the ones that I know. So, of course, they're kind of divided. Some are like, yeah, I didn't fight for that. Others are like, that's exactly what we fought for. And that's the goodness of those people. See, the most intolerant people are the people of the pride community. They are awful. I mean, I've not met one that deep down isn't the worst. No, I'm serious. I mean, they deep down. Now, externally, great. I'm talking about the far left. I'm talking about the ones that are protesting everything. I'm not talking about on a normal day. I'm talking about ones that demand that you do certain things. They all talk about inclusivity, but deep down they're off. The normal gay man or woman, they're fine. They're great. But the ones that are mad about things, the ones that demand, the ones that say, we're doing this for inclusivity, blah, 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 deep down horrible. Awful. Say whatever you want. Uh, Georgia football may have a bit of a problem, ladies and gentlemen. Georgia football, I get it, you win. So like Danny P. and I were talking, look, if your problems aren't as bad as your talent and winning, you're fine. Georgia football players in their cars were involved in 10 reports of traffic-related moving violations since January 15th. Player and team staff were killed in a reckless driving incident allegedly tied to racing. There's been reports of drag, serious stuff, not just getting a ticket. I mean, look, I get it. You know, Georgia football players are idiots. That's great. Georgia football players are entitled idiots, and nobody wants to say it, but there's absolutely no reason for some young lady to be driving a Georgia football player around drunk in a company car at 2 in the morning. There's none. There's bad stuff. When I saw that, as a guy who was in college athletics for 30 years, I got to tell you, there's bad stuff going on in Georgia with Georgia football. Now, people can tell me I'm wrong. Dan, they're just incidents. There's 100 players. Uh Uh-uh. When I saw the death of that kid and read the report that there was a young lady in the car driving drunk who was a, quote, football analyst. I'm not talking about sex. I'm just talking about there's a looseness and something very, very bad going on inside of Georgia football. And I guarantee you right now they know it and they're cleaning it up. I guarantee you there are so many different ways They are keeping this quiet. I guarantee you that this will stop fairly soon. Now, one idiot may go out of his way because you got idiots on football and basketball and media everywhere. You got idiots everywhere. You got idiots in church. I mean, people get all upset about, you know, a rogue cop. But, hey, look, you got idiots everywhere. Turn on your TV. You got idiots. Turn on your radio. You got idiots. Turn on your... uh, I'll go to your mall. You got idiots. I mean, that's the way the world works. And you get 100 people together, a couple are going to be idiots. But Georgia has a serious problem. You can say they don't. You can make an excuse. Serious, serious problem. You know who I'm really tired of? TikTok stars. I am. Seriously, I'm tired of TikTok stars. TikTok stars are starting to give me gas. TikTok stars. Well, I'm a TikTok star. You know, the one little idiot in Europe was stealing from people. I'm a TikToker. Hey, look at me. I do TikToks. I'm a star. I do TikToks to put out information. Haley does TikToks because she's smart. Not trying to be a star. She's putting out information. But these little pain in the ass TikTok stars. A TikTok star got explosive poops after a pastry mix-up turns into a huge mess on an airline. You know, the world is amazing. 
Yeah, look, we showed the view. We showed this girl and uh, Whoopi Gold, well, somebody else, uh, Gronk's dad. And I apologize for all three. I mean, look, little idiots chasing clout. Screw you. Hope you shit yourself. Right down your neck. How do you crap down your neck? I'll tell you, when you got a baby, they crap down their neck. I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't get it. But it's what we do. So... I don't like TikTok stars anymore. I don't. I'm sorry. Let's go to woke dope I like woke dope I like woke me and dope me, baby. What do we got in woke dope world? Care about some little pain in the ass in her dumps? What's wrong with her? Oh. <laughs> man, is this true. Man, is this true. And man, do I love the thing on the right. Look at Hunter Biden. Is that a diaper? Hey, Dylan, is that a diaper? I think I see a diaper. I don't know. I think I see a diaper. I, 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 I don't, I'm not sure. But it looks like a diaper and a roll of toilet paper underneath him. I mean, you know what? I don't know. But it seems like, it seems like that Hunter Biden in a diaper with a roll of red toilet paper, maybe bloody toilet paper, maybe from one of the needle marks, maybe from the nosebleed, from the, uh, you know what I mean? But the media only focuses on one thing and one thing only, Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump could cure cancer. Donald J. Trump could cure any communicable disease. Donald J. Trump could give everybody in the United States a million dollars and it's still, oh, he's horrible. He's the worst. He's awful. Remember when he said, grab him by the, and Hunter Biden can go about his business and Joe Biden can go about their business. It's really disgusting. I mean, let's be perfectly honest, isn't it? I mean, even Democrats have got to be like, yeah, yeah, it's about time. It's about time we, uh, yeah. I think so. Uh, I think it's about time that we get serious about, you know what I mean? Eh. About these idiots. What else we got? Oh, that's the only one for today? All right. Did you know that Universal Islands of Adventure theme park now has more visitors than three of the four Disney parks. See, I'm not one of those believers that Disney's ever going to go away. I'm not. I'm not. But what I am a believer in is that people might, might, might try kind of, sort of, maybe to find other options. Now, look, your daughter's always going to want to go see Cinderella, unless, of course, your daughter is in her 20s and she wants to go Cinderella. Kids are always going to want to go see Pinocchio. Adults may want to go see Pinocchio. It's not his nose that grows. These are actual movies that played at the Glen Theater in Gary, Indiana. We used to go when we didn't have uh, school on Fridays. We'd go to amateur hour. We'd try to sneak in. It's a little bit dangerous in Gary, Indiana, but we didn't mind. Seriously, we didn't mind. (laughs) Pinocchio. It's not his nose that grows. That's right. All right. 
So let's get into a couple things. This is a very interesting time in sports. There is literally nothing going on, but I'm going to give you my latest gambling tip. Are you ready? Here's what I do. I told you about this the other day. Now, I'm going to give you some facts here. I'm going to give you some things here that are absolute 1,010% facts on me winning money this year. All right? Here's what I'm doing. Now, you got to remember, there is an NFL player who has lost $8 million gambling. An NFL player lost $8 million. And I'm not going to lie to you. I understand how a guy can do it. You bet. Eh. You bet more. Eh. Dude's got a lot of money. $8 million. Okay. All right. It ain't that much. We can get it figured out. Okay. But here, and this is why, because, you know, in the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, sports, you got to protect players from yourself. So that's why gambling is such a big deal. But I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm getting it right here. Now, this is, it's the middle of the month. So, and it's a month where there really isn't much to bet on, but I got a system. So thus far this month, I have made $1,000. I've made $1,000 gambling on my DraftKings account. I have made $1,000. I'm sorry, that's a lie. I made $700. There it is right there, $700. Okay? Now, that's this month. So this calendar year, I've made $3,600. Here's what I've done. I've stopped being like this NFL player who lost $8 million. I've got a bit of a system. Does it work all the time? No, but I'm just telling you, I went from losing eight grand, true story, in 2022 to I'm up 3,600 in 2023. Here's what I'm doing in baseball. I'm waiting. I'm waiting till the fifth and sixth, seventh innings of games. And then, and I did this last night, then I figure out two teams, mostly home teams, because they have the extra at bat, that are going to win. So maybe they're up three to one and it's minus 290, minus 350. I don't want, I don't want to pay $350 to win a hundred. So I put it together with another team, another team that's doing what? Another team that's winning. So I do that. Now, last night, I'll give it to you. I found three teams. The Padres were up like one to nothing in the fifth. I took them. They won five zip. The Red Sox, no, the Reds, the Padres are up two to nothing. The Red Sox were up one to nothing. They went down two to one in the seventh. They ended up coming back and winning five to three. They're the home team. And then the Rangers, when I took them against the Angels, were up like two to one, three to one. So I got, listen to this, minus 305, minus 350, and minus 125. I bet 100 bucks. I made $307. That's my new system for baseball. Baseball is impossible to bet. It just, it's impossible. It is so difficult to bet, you almost can't. Because like last night, uh, I was watching the show on uh, Daily Wager with my friend Doug Kazarian. So Kazarian and his guys on a last bet said, look, and they made a great case for Clayton Kershaw striking over more than eight and a half and for the, for the Dodgers to win. Guy made a great case. And I thought about it now. Too risky. Didn't bet it. Eight to four is what the White Sox ended up beating the Dodgers. This system, I'm not saying it's great. 
I'm not saying you're going to win money if you do it 10 times a night. I am saying that I have won money doing this. And I always like to share with you all how and why I make money. If I make money, I like to share. I like to tell you. I like to say this is what I did. So I don't know what I'm going to do in the U.S. Open. Somebody asked me, and I can talk about this tomorrow. The U.S. Open, I usually bet on Saturday. I think the cash man does the same thing. Maybe he gets one or two early, and then you bet on Saturday. And I always watch the repeat shows. I always watch the live from the U.S. Open shows because I want to hear what people are saying because they're there. And those guys aren't like basketball. You know, the basketball shows, non-Charles Barkley, don't know their backside from third base. They just talk. So I don't want it. I don't need it. But anyway, there you go. By the way, right now, some guy named Salmon, Solomon is winning the U.S. Open along with Morales and Brennan and Gerard and Kim and Svensson and Stallings and Streelman. They're all minus one. There's like 100 guys minus one. So there you go. Other guys are teeing off this afternoon. Uh, and there, So there you go. All right. You got a lot of action coming up this afternoon. In fact, this is awesome because it is a West Coast tournament. Because it's in L.A., guess what? The last tee time is 5.30 tonight. So we're going to get to watch golf until the early morning, and it is freaking awesome. But I hope everybody has a great afternoon. Ryan and Nick and Dylan and Aaron, thank you for all of your help. Have a fantastic, fantastic afternoon.